0: Game four, the Western Conference semifinals. Suns lose. Suns look bad. Suns do not look good. Chris Paul fouls out. Dallas goes crazy from three. And, of course, Matthew, the officiating, was absolute dog shit. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session Podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the uh, the Suns are full of shit. So,
1: I don't really care about the refs in this game. The Suns are just full of shit um from uh you know inside out full of shit all the way to the outside I just the thing is with this game is when you have the runs like the the Mavericks had when they go by the 10 or 11 points Suns just don't have enough I mean Amari Stoudemire is a better remutter I think than DeAndre Aiden right <laughs> he is yes I'm he just is. gonna say that right uh, there's gonna be a lot of trash talk on this podcast but I'm sure the Suns know it themselves they can play a lot better
0: yeah you know the one thing that I was thinking about when I was watching this game is if the Phoenix Suns are going to win a championship this year, you can't play like this. You can't even look like this. Like I've seen games where, you know, like when we played last season and we were in the playoffs and we lost games, we would lose them barely. And don't get me wrong. Like those are unbelievably frustrating losses, but when you just get boat raced two consecutive games and it happened a couple times against the Pelicans, it's just not championship level basketball, The Phoenix Suns don't have that focus that they had last year that carried them to a title, potential title run. You know, this is starting to remind me of like the finals where they go up two games, they look good, and then they just refuse to make adjustments. They were, you know, they, you saw it in this game and we'll talk about it here shortly. Like if the opposition is on fire from three, defend the perimeter, Make them beat you other ways, run them off of the three-point line. But the Phoenix Suns are like, no, we will continue to let them shoot <laughs> wide-open threes because the law of averages says. Meanwhile, Dorian Smith is like, you know, high-fiving people in the crowd because he's so happy because he's hitting everything. So that lack of ability to defend the perimeter and make those in-game adjustments just really is frustrating. It's not. It's just not championship-level basketball.
1: No, and, you know, I was joking Twitter space. I'm like, just leave them wide open. I obviously don't want them to leave them wide open, but the way they're covering and how you have to like kind of uh, close out on the on the three-point shooter. Those closeouts don't matter. If you're running at the three-point shooter, I mean, Bridges You've already lost one <laughs> shot. It doesn't matter unless they're gonna, you're going to get a foul called on you if you run any harder at them. So there's nothing you can do, right? I think just leaving them wide open would be funny because mentally it'd be like, okay, what is he doing? And it would get in their head a little bit and then they might miss a three. They're making anything whether or not it was contested or they were just wide open. Um but yeah, I mean when like you said, when you're watching the Warriors play this this um these playoffs, mm-hmm. the runs that they go on, those are like those are those are going to kill the Suns. They're going to run them out of the arena with those runs if they do play them next series because that would be like a 30-40 point game. The Mavericks yes. are just doing enough to get the 10-11 point leads. The the Warriors will crush the Suns if the Suns continue to do this. Like this is just the weirdest thing and I don't know what the Suns are really waiting for when they're sitting there on the bench. Like, what do they go to, to really help? You know, just the next game. I mean, of course, the Mavericks won't make twenty threes, but still, it's just like it's an insane kind of game plan where there's just no adjustments. I just don't know what they're waiting for over there on the bench. So what Coaching you're stat, saying, that is, when it
0: comes to e- to attempting closeout, it
1: doesn't matter.
0: It does exactly. Matter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. That's no. What I'm saying. I, I I agree with you uh for those of you who joined us for the twitter spaces at halftime it was it was a lively one that's for sure you know frustrating first half frustrating yeah. game you know the nice thing i almost feel about twitter spaces is because it's like not recorded like matthew and i can really just kind of really go to town and say things again and and i could just be muted and, i don't care yeah, i just don't really I, want to. Talk I, I, I i end up muting matthew for half of the twitter <laughs> space because he's throwing ice down his garbage disposal and crushing it and just ruining the audio. So (laughs) there's plenty to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate anybody and everybody who is joining us, whether you're doing so live after the game on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or if you're listening to the podcast or watching at a later time, we appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review while you're here. Give us a thumbs up on the YouTube side of it. Subscribe as well. 33% of all of our viewers are not subscribers. So just hit the subscribe button. It doesn't take that much energy. Just click. It takes more energy than the Suns uh, did closing out three pointers tonight. So uh, yeah, de- definitely a ton to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Matthew, I'm going to be popping open this uh, Flaming Joe Kill Cliff CBD drink because I cool. need to chill. I need a chill. Yeah, let me know how that is. It is. It's got Joe Rogan on the side. (laughs) Oh, nice.
1: I'm actually going to grab some after this, dude. I need something. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I need something. So (laughs) pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Let's talk about this shitty Mother's Day. Another Mother's Day massacre for the Dallas Mavericks. They did the same thing last year. Uh, I forget who they played, but they absolutely destroyed them on Mother's Day. Uh, shout out to Black Sunday in the chat who gave us $5 in the super chat. We truly appreciate that. It says half of Chris Paul's fouls were such BS. Monty leaving campaign to guard Luca on one-on-one. Jesus Christ. And then Cousin Will, $9.99. I was really hoping for a, a Dan Marley comment today, you know, Dan Marley to go. Uh, Didn't happen. Mavs made five fewer threes, 20, than the Suns attempted, 25. The Suns uncharacteristically failed to cash in offense, uh, following a lot of stops on D. Suns will win game five. So, Matthew, I bring you to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. I got to ask on a scale of one to ten. How frustrated are you right now?
1: Oh, I'm a 10. (laughs) At least a 10. And like, If the the Suns do win the series, you know, um, there's two things. So if the Suns lose the series, thank God I can stop watching basketball. (laughs) I am done with this fucking piece of shit that we're watching on TV where it's not even I don't know what's going on half the time. And I was trying to watch it where there's a different program where if you have the app, you can watch it where they have the cameras on top of the backboard. There's no commentary. And that was great. That was nice. But then there's so many whistles. I'm like, wait, what are they calling? So then you have to listen to the broadcast and figure that shit out because there's just so much going on from the refs. The refs don't know what they're doing out there. All right. And then I'm not saying it's just on for the Suns. I'll, overall, if the Suns would have won this game, I would have been like, you know, the Mavs, there are some bad calls on their side, bad calls for the Suns. Of course, Chris Paul, it was terrible. But the refs, every game you watch, it's terrible. Yes. So I don't even want the Suns to win this series. I'm going to stop watching basketball. But if the Suns do win the series, um, You know, this is not good enough basketball to compete with the next level of competition that's out there, even in yes. the finals. If the Suns do go back to the finals, there is so much wrong with this team. Like, I, rebounding, I cannot believe that we're still talking about this. But the second chances that the Mavericks get, knowing that the Mavericks are going to get at least two points every possession— You know, the Suns can't keep up with that because they're not built that way. They they shoot the twos, you know, they'll they'll hit the threes sometimes, but they can't consistently do it. They can never find the hot hand unless it's Jay Crowder, and there's no one off the bench to help them. So the Suns cannot go on a run to get back into the games when they're down by 10 because they can't get the boards and the Mavericks are shooting the lights up from three, but when the Mavs are feeling it, the Suns are doing nothing to knock them off their horse. They're doing nothing at all. That's so the issue. This is the thing. That's it's like the issue. When you face the Warriors or even even the the Memphis Grizzlies, the Suns are going to have the hardest time against these teams because they are even better than this Mavericks team. Even though I I thought this Mavericks team would be a pain in the ass, those other two teams are gonna be very difficult to deal with.
0: Yeah, I you know in the long run, I still think we can beat this team. I think we have more talent. We have more depth. Uh, we have home court advantage, which I think is obviously huge in these games because of the officiating. I feel like the officials are going to call things like what the people who are five, five feet from them are screaming, and they're going to make those calls uh, based off that. So I feel like that's absolutely huge. Uh, so I, I do think that we will win this series. I'm ups- I'm, I'm frustrated, just as you are. I'm, I'm probably about an eight and a half to a nine frustrated level on this one, uh, just because you know. To your point, this isn't championship-level basketball. There's no way we go into another series against a team like the, the Warriors, who are also have the ability to play the referees like a fiddle, or the Grizzlies, who attack the interior and will get calls that way. It, it's not going to happen. The Suns aren't making the necessary adjustments. And you look at that in the first quarter. They give up 37 points in the first quarter. 37. The Mavericks shot 13 to 21 and eight of 13 from beyond the arc, and I'll reference this time and again. I wrote the article for Bright Side of the Sun: The Luka Rules. What it takes to use Luka, allow him to be successful, but in doing so negate the rest of his team. And the Suns didn't follow any of those the last two games because you look at Luka Doncic in that first quarter. Yeah, he had nine points. Yeah, he was four for seven, but overall he was nine of 25. 26 points, but he also had 11 assists and uh, seven rebounds. What the Suns are doing is they're starting early to try to double him. They're they're letting the Mavericks use the switches to get the matchups that they want. And then because of those switches, it's they're allowing a three-pointer t- uh, shooter to leak out and have open looks at threes. And the Suns aren't committed to defending the perimeter. Devin Booker got caught with his pants down multiple times in this game on the weak side, like he used to coming Mm -hmm. in and trying to, you know, he's playing seven, eight feet off his defender. Jay Crowder as well, I noticed numerous times. And when the ball whips around real quick, that's where, to your point, these guys are set and they're in a shooting motion already. Okay, now if you're playing up on them, if you're a foot away from them, when they catch the ball and the defender's automatically in the face, they don't have the ability to be square and to make the shot. But if you have somebody running at them, they don't see that. They're squaring up. It's, it's it's an automatic shot for them. And that's why they were so open in that beginning part of the game. The Suns never could recover. They were down 12 at the half. And I think the closest we ever got back was six points. It was just like game game three, where we couldn't get back because we gave up su- we we allowed the opposition to sucker punch us right in the beginning, and we didn't play aggressive defense enough and defend that perimeter. Because guess what? This is a team, we talked about it before the series began. The Dallas Mavericks are a team that has an affinity to shoot the shit out of the three ball, right? They, they take the eighth most attempts in the league. They're going to shoot the ball from beyond the arc. If you can defend that perimeter like the Phoenix Suns did in the first and second games, you take away the confidence level of Luka's teammates. What happened in this game? They didn't take away the confidence level. They they gained confidence, and it's going to happen at home, right? If you're at home, that's typically where your role players are going to excel. But when you look at the final box score and you see that uh, Reggie Bullock ends with only seven, but Dorian Finney-Smith has 24. Jalen Brunson has 18. Maxi Kleba has 11. Spencer Dinwiddie has 10. Davis Bertans, Davis Bertans has 12. You know, those last three coming from the bench, it's a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah, and the the six point lead he said it like, was two minutes left in the third quarter. It, and Suns got it down to six, but that was like right after Chris Paul, or actually right before Chris Paul got his fifth foul, and he was, uh, you know, that situation well, he, he, where he he got his fifth foul stopped. with like
0: nine minutes left in the second or in, in the third quarter. He was out the entire third man. How many minutes did he play in the third? Mm, did I write that down wrong? Let's see. Okay. Third quarter only. Uh, oh yeah, Chris it was Paul, way two early. minutes yeah. twenty eight seconds. He only yeah, played they, in the second half total. Chris Paul. Yeah. And we'll obviously you know talk about this uh, a lot, but Chris Paul played a total of three minutes and fifty eight seconds in the second half. Yeah,
1: and you know you have Cameron Payne coming in to help him out, but that doesn't Ooh. work. Uh, but you know six minute six point lead, uh, two minutes left in the third. It's just the bad decisions the Suns keep making offensively is what's hurting them too. You know. Uh, miss layup by Cameron Payton. How many times is that gonna happen? Right, there's a missed layup and DeAndre Ayton's down there. Ayton, I, I think is doing his best job down there to try to grab the boards. He had a few putbacks so over nice, but there's no one actually crashing the boards either. So there's always Mavericks around. You miss a shot, you better get back because the Mavericks are gonna push the pace a little bit. Um, but then also Book passes like open up, wide open threes, misses a mm-hmm. the layup, then Book shoots a cover three to end the quarter. So it's just like it's little things where if you can just get better looks when you're down by six and you're actually getting stops. Then of course you can like you can either take the lead or get it down to one, get it down to two, make it manageable going into the fourth but they just they get so close and then they just get into their head and they just do too much or also they just put up the worst shot you can throw up there and even Jay Crowder tonight he was absolutely nuts from three, but there's just times he'd bring the ball down, just throw the ball. I don't know what it is with the suns throwing it to the corners. But it seems like they throw it at everyone's shoes and it seems like there's always a Mavericks defender right there tipping the ball. And they always end up it always ends up being a turnover. So I'm there's just so many things that the Suns were doing to where they were killing themselves. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just the boards, it was just moving the ball around. And even someone put it out in the chat, we'll talk about Booker, but he was just doing too much too, right? You wanted to more of a team. He had to tonight because Chris Paul. I know, but then also, I mean, you have guys, like I was going to say, like Shaman and Payne. It's like, who can you even trust those guys, right? Because like, I don't really like Booker doing too much, but then what else are you going to do when these guys are just not confident at all to play basketball next to you? So he has to do
0: that. Yeah, and I, I think it starts with Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul turned 37 and has sucked since then. He's, he looks like he's 37 <laughs> yeah. out there. Yeah. Now, granted, you know, this this was a weird game, right? Uh, I mentioned it a little bit on our Twitter space at halftime. So for those of you who don't follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter, please do, because you'll hear Matthew and I talk about the game at halftime. And plenty of people joined us and pl- pl- plenty of people spoke, too. So if you request to speak, we give you an opportunity to give your thoughts. But the game started. It, it was another physical game. Right off the bat, Luka Doncic ran into DeAndre, Ayton, who was just standing there, fell over, complained to the, to the officiating crew, got a technical foul, and then from then on out, it felt like the Suns were not allowed to play physical in any way, shape, or form. And the Mavericks are a team that personifies Manu Ginobili. Jalen Brunson is Jan- Manu Ginobili in my perspective. Now, what do I mean by that statement? I mean that anytime a Phoenix Suns member gets close to any part of their body. They, they head bob and they flail, which is ironic because that's what Luka Doncic did during game three after a Chris Paul uh, drew a foul on Luka. He started saying, well, he's head bobbing all the time. Well, that's what that team does the entire time. And some of the fouls that were called on Chris Paul in this game were absolutely and utterly ridiculous. Uh, to end the half, when he went up for an offensive rebound uh, opportunity, Luka jumped into him and then fell over. It was a, a foul on Chris Paul. Chris Paul has the ball and he's dribbling up the court and Jalen Brunson runs him over, you know, Chris Paul has the right of way. Okay. But it's a foul and, and reviewed. It's a foul on Chris Paul. That last one where he barely touches Jalen Brunson, but Jalen Brunson jumps, grabs the ball in midair like he's playing tips in 21 throws the ball back up and then falls down. It's a, it's a foul on Chris Paul. And this is what is frustrating. And I think this is why you and I are kind of at that point where it's just like, dude, when this season's over, I'm going to, Thoroughly enjoy not watching basketball for quite some time because mm-hmm. it's not just this game. It's funny because Bill Simmons, after the uh, Milwaukee Bucks beat the Celtics yesterday, 103 to 101, he was tweeting out about how ass the refs have been. And it's like, dude, welcome to the playoffs. The The referees have been utterly. There's just no consistency. You know, again. Luka Doncic was interviewed right after this game on the court. And he said, Hey, this is, was, was a physical game. It was a physical game for you guys. Cause you were allowed to play physical anytime the, you know, J- Jalen Brunson, you know, they reviewed a play where he, you know, for a potential flagrant foul on Devin Booker, cause Devin Booker was coming around the corner. And because Jalen Brunson a little smaller, you know, Uh, He brushes his neck and he throws his head back like he's been shot. There must have been Mm -hmm. 20 snipers. I know, you know, that's where they took out JFK and there's snipers Lee Harvey out there in Dallas. There were snipers all over the court today because all of those Mavericks were just falling over at will. And shame on the fucking referees for falling for that bullshit. Okay, shame on them for falling for it, because if you go back and you look at it between that and like how much time Jalen Brunson spends three in the key. And the moving screens were Dwight Powell's throwing elbows into Mikhail Bridges' ribs. And Spencer Dinwiddie is literally just grabbing Devin Booker and just pushing him 20 feet away from a play on a screen. And they're not calling any of that. But the Phoenix Suns, you know, Chris Paul barely touches Jalen Brunson. He falls over. It's like, clearly, he must have fouled him. And Luka, fat fucking doughboy, Doncic falls over <laughs> yeah. when Chris Paul touches him. Six foot one, six foot eight, and three hundred and ninety-five fucking fat ass pounds is what you are, Luca Doncic, and you're flailing all over the place. Fuck you, you piece of shit. <sighs> I'm gonna drink more of this CBD. <laughs> yeah, and uh yeah, Lil
1: Wayne did say uh Luca's a hoe. Yes, it, he did. Lil it's, Wayne it's said really... Lucas a hoe. <laughs> yeah, and um I okay, so the reason that we're talking about this, I mean the the fact that we're actually talking about this i don't this is why i don't want to watch basketball anymore like i'm just i'm done like i i i can't do this i i can't do this where the season starts out so great where it's actually a physical game and then they let these players play and then you know here we are Where one quarter just ref differently the second quarter wasn't that bad it wasn't as bad as the first and i'm like okay here we go and then all of a sudden like all these fouls kept coming back so it's never called the right way throughout the whole game that's what i can't stand and uh, jfk yeah he had that coming so I'm, i don't care i'm just I'm exhausted with how much we have to talk about this and how the physical play, you know, yep, you did say, you know, Suns couldn't play physical, but to me, the Suns just seems so small out there. DeAndre Ayton seems really, really small. The, the, the Mavericks team from the first two games, they seem like they've grown in size. They just, you know, they are more physical, but I feel like, and because no one's they're gonna like allowed this, to be physical. I, but I, I think that the Mavericks know how to play physical better than the Suns. I don't think the Suns know how to play physical. This is true. They, they really don't. I think the most physical guy we have is Jay Crowder. But Jay Crowder is really a guy that, you know, he can't stay on Luka, of course, he's uh, on the perimeter, but he can't do too much because a lot of the times, actually, he's getting some calls on the other end, but he. He can only do so much, but when you have Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, who are just, you know, they're they're efficient in their own ways, right? They're efficient by, um, Mikael Bridges is a great defender, but physically he's not, he can stay in front of you. He can deflect some shots, but he can't be that imposing guy. No. DeAndre, Ayton, DeAndre Ayton can be, but DeAndre Ayton just, he falls apart at times. If he can hide in a game, he'll he hide. Yeah. He'll, he'll hide. He'll be just like in the finals, last four games where he just was not there, but it's like, it's okay, DeAndre, it's your first finals, right? So you can just hide in the back, but we need this guy to step up. When Chris Paul is gone, like, we need these other guys to step up, right? But we can just see on the floor tonight that the Mavericks were physical in the fouls. It was 25 to 21, so it was right up there. It doesn't mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the foul game again, even though there were some shit fouls against Chris Paul. This team is better than that. This team knows that. If you lose Booker or Chris Paul, we can still beat these shitty teams, and they just can't do it. They can't pull that "fuck you" energy out of them anymore. I don't know what it is.
0: No, I think you're right. The Suns don't know how to play physical. They are a finesse team, and if this is such a physical game, you know we'll, we'll do the drop right now because I'm I'm really kind of frustrated with with his play right now, yeah. and that's Mr. DeAndre. Watch. You're absolutely right. He disappears, and if he can hide, he will. In this game, one personal foul for DA. One personal foul. You know, it's like if if Jalen Brunson is coming down, and and don't get me wrong, like Jalen Brunson drives me crazy because he creates a ton of contact. And when you create the contact, if the opposition is in a good defensive position, it should be an offensive foul or a no call. But he constantly, because of his size, Mm -hmm. is getting those calls, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, make him feel it then. If if DA is down there, like, go in and just, you know, block his shit and pummel him at the same time. You know, don't let him get off those shots. You know, but DA in this game, 7 of 12 from the field, 14 points, 11 rebounds. So, this is why we always talk about the box score, right? You can't sit there and look at the box score and tell me whether or not DeAndre Ayton had a good game or not. I will watch the game and I will tell you. Because he can go for, you know, 25 points or even this one. Box score, that's a good looking, you know, 7-12, he's efficient. 14 for 11. You know, six offensive rebounds. So he was down there fighting, you know, but he had four turnovers in this game. And like you said, he he hides. He's the one guy who you look at his effort on the defensive end and it was garbage tonight. I always I, I'm quick to praise D.A. When he has a great shot deterrence game or he gets a bunch of block shots, you know, which he he had two block shots in this game, but you look at it kind of consistently how he's playing on defense and from an effort level, that's how I gauge how I think DA is playing. And it was him who was getting burned on a lot of those threes. It was him just kind of standing there 10 feet away from his defender with his hand up. It was him not trying to create shot deterrence and, you know, kudos to the Dallas Mavericks for taking advantage of that. He, they made him kind of look like Rudy Gobert. He didn't want to be out there running tonight. He wasn't in run, run around mode, if you will, you know? So, I mean, it's just like, you got to yeah. play better than that, D.A. You got to play better than that. Yeah, and uh, even Los Suns does bring up. um
1: So were you bashing um D.A. because he doesn't foul enough? That's not the thing. The thing is, like, you can tell the effort from D.A. And like you said, the box score, I can give a shit. If he scores 50 points and the Suns lose, like, I don't. The effort is always just shown by watching him. And I can't stand the fact that, you know, he has like these moments like tonight where he boxes out Powell. And it's, it's so stupid, but it's just a little play where. You know, uh, one of the Mavericks players shoots a three and D.I. does such a good job of getting himself in front of Powell, no matter where the balls yeah. come off of. Yeah. And like, those are the things I noticed, but like he just he's I know he's pulled out in the perimeter a lot, but he needs to actually get back under the basket as quickly as he can to find a body because that's where we need him. Right. Like, is it just me? Like, I don't know. He, he, of course, takes a second. He's a bigger guy. So it takes him a second to realize what's going on that he he reacts when he when he knows what's going on like but he needs to like figure out a time or where the ball is going to come off of he needs to know exactly where to be on the floor to help with these long rebounds or something i'm just saying like he has to know that that's the next step that he needs to take to help this team because he doesn't have the help obviously with the boards this is a thing that's always going to be an issue and we're not blaming that it's all da's fault it's just that there is an effort we've seen from da this season and in the playoffs to where he, it needs to be something that's always there. Chris Paul can only do it one every other game, once every other game, right? In the playoffs, he can't have those back-to-back games. Um, Devin Booker can do it. Of course, he's probably still a little hurt, but D.A. does not have an excuse. D.A. does not have the excuse where he can take nights off to where he can just kind of fizzle away and like, oh, you know, I'm doing my best. I'm closing out when I need to. Like, no, we need that extra effort. We know he's not physical. I'm just talking about the effort to go towards the ball, to be there, to be present, defensively and off in the offensive boards too. do something to help your team because he's not he's just not doing that and I know in the offense he has to be in the flow and that's fine but he needs to impose his will sometimes to get the ball to move the ball around to do something different other than just being a pick and roll guy out on the top of the perimeter because we've seen him be so be used in really good ways offensively so get back into that. And he'll have a good game, of course, and we'll see
0: it on the floor. We'll mm-hmm. see that
1: effort. We'll—it's all it is—is is the effort. I
0: swear well, that's, that's all. Again, because yes. statistically, six offensive rebou- rebounds, eleven rebounds. So he did a good job rebounding the ball tonight. I'm not—I'm not talking shit about his rebounding. And yeah, when you say it's like you we're giving BA shit because he only had one foul, I am giving him a little bit of shit because he only had one foul. Because this team was being was being physical. They were pushing the Suns around, so push back. That's what I'm looking for from DA. He has to be the enforcer. Okay. It can't always be Jay Crowder. Okay. Because Jay Crowder, who had four personal fouls, also had four turnovers because everyone on the Suns likes to turn the ball over now. They had 17 for the second consecutive game and gave up 23 points because of it. But you need to have your interior guy be the enforcer. One of the advantages coming into this series is the fact that their front line is Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba. We should be smoking them on the interior, smoking yeah. them. And we should be welcoming them to shoot on the interior. But instead, the Phoenix Suns are allowing the perimeter to be the determining factor in this game or and in this series. The Dallas Mavericks made 23-pointers to the Suns' nine in this game. So that's what, 33-point advantage from beyond the arc? okay. <laughs> 33 point advantage. You have to be better than that. That's the wings and that's DA playing what, like we've seen him do in the past. What made the sun so effective in the Western conference finals last year, the Clippers played the same way, small ball, because again, Max Kleber is not a huge guy, right? Dwight Powell is not a, a, a perimeter guy. So you can sit there and slack off on those, but you have to have the ability to close out your switches and the, and they're just, they're not doing it. And DA is not doing it and kind of uh, in the same boat. You have, you know, Black Sunday. Bridges also shrinking six points. Is he even playing D out there? The defense of Mikael Bridges is something it's left to be desired right now. In these last two games, I have not seen his effectiveness because, to your point, Matthew, he's not a physical player. He's a finesse player, and when you the and and again, this is where I go back to some of the officiating when they're allowing Luka Doncic. To do the back downs the way he does. Cause what Luca does is he gets low and he puts his shoulder right into the chest of the opposition and he'll back him down three times. And next thing you know, he's from 18 feet to six feet, and then he can dictate the offense from there. It, you're taking away one of the things that makes Mikhail Bridges effective, and that is his length on the interior. But he is not a physical player. And again, only six points from him tonight. He was three of nine from the field, oh of two from beyond the arc. Uh you know, and he had he had four personal fouls as well because everybody had four personal fouls. The, here's our starting lineup: four fouls from McHale, four fouls from Booker, four fouls from Crowder, six from Chris Paul, one from DeAndre Ayton.
1: Yep. you know i the thing is with mikhail like his defense can go away in a way but he was playing a lot of one-on-one and there was never any help like even when any of the players any of the the mavericks players got into the paint it seemed like it was an easy layup it seemed like they actually had a better attempt in the first half second half it's they shorted that up a little bit which was nice but when when mikhail's playing defensively one-on-one It's so impossible for him to stay in front of Donchus. But when he does, he Donchus can back him down, get to where he Mm -hmm. wants to go. But that's that's fine because you can't stop these superstars in the NBA. Defense is so hard. Like even JJ Reddick said it before, and I always reference this podcast. But he said he's like, these guys, like they say the defense is better in college. Like, no, these players in the in the NBA are just that good. You can't defend them, there's no defense that can really outlast a player like Luka Doncic, even though he was horseshit tonight. And the, the Mavericks probably could have won by 40 if he just kept giving it up to yeah. his teammates. Um, you know, the defense was there, but Luka is a guy where you just put him in different spots. He's going to always have like a, a weird release of little fadeaway kind of like Brandon Ingram-esque where it's very difficult for him to get these shots off or they look very difficult. And, you know, they're make or miss. That's what you live by with Luca. all right? Him finding his teammates and, of course, a lot of them are wide-open threes, even covered, but there's something that happens when Luca gets in a groove finding his teammates where they get so comfortable and they just feel that energy. Of course. It's disgusting. Especially I can't stand it. And the Suns cannot stop it tonight.
0: They couldn't stop it in any way, shape, or form. And again, that's why I, I'll go back to the Luca rules. You stay on Luca one-on-one. If he's got to back you down, you take turns like they were doing in the first two games. They were taking mm-hmm. turns playing defense on Luca and making him be the primary scorer. Because every time he's got to back down, he's got to do all the little footwork and all that stuff to get that shot off. One, you keep your defense fresh because you're doing it one at a time. And two, you're just having everybody just standing on the on the perimeter holding down their guy. He's got to use that effort. And then in the third quarter, you start to throw some double teams at him and make him work even harder. So by the fourth quarter, you can pick him apart because he's just tired. He's not tired in these games right now because he's just back down, back down hitting because the Suns are collapsing on the weak side, especially Devin yeah. Booker collapsing on the weak side, Jay Crowder coming in, slacking, slacking off eight feet off of your defender because you want to try to crash a board or, or throw your hands up. It's it's, it's not going to work. So stay home on the perimeter like it's it it drove me crazy because I just I watched it over and over in this game. I'm like, up oh, there's Devin Booker leaking off of Reggie Bullock. Money uh chances are he's gonna get a wide open three. Oh, there's the wide open yeah. three from the corner. Okay, here's Jay Crowder. He's slacking off of uh Dorian Finney Smith. Up oh, he's slacking a little bit more. Up oh, now he's rushing up oh, there's pass pass, wide <laughs> open three. I'm like, oh okay, this is like literally it, it
1: was like a preseason game, dude. And uh Jeff F, just really quick, oh, DA watches 80% of the time. Uh, and I just wanted to bring that up too. And I totally forgot where he does watch a ton. Yes. He's that's what I'm saying. Get to the boards. I'm not saying you have to know like Dennis Robin, where the ball's coming off the rim, but you have to know where to place yourself. As soon as someone releases it and stop fucking just watching. All right. Cause there's a thing where he just does watch and he has his hands up on the guy he's guarding next to him. Like, to like just to make, sure, to make he's sure he's there there. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then that's it. And then it's just like, you know what, DA, like we just need the extra effort and no slander. It just, we just know it's there and we need it. Yeah. of course, when Chris Paul does foul, even Chris Paul didn't fall out. This game was probably a loss, but that extra effort. That's why I picked him to be finals MVP. Cause we are living or dying by this guy yes. down on the center, the center position. It's whether or not he shows up is whether or not we get the win or not.
0: Well, and you know, at the same time, That's one of the main reasons that I feel like uh, DeAndre Ayton is out of position is because he's just watching and he got caught tonight. They called him for two or three, three seconds in the keys like that doesn't. I think that happened like three times all season. So it's definitely one of those things that Jason Kidd went to the officiating crew and said, watch this. And I guarantee you, he was yelling that shit from the sideline. And every time DA was down there, just a little extra longer, he was calling it. This is where you need Monty Williams to make the same adjustment going into game five. Okay. He needs to talk to the referees before the game, the game begins and goes, watch Jalen Brunson. Mm Because what Jalen Brunson does is he attacks the interior, right? And as he's attacking the interior, he has to do a bunch of different moves and an opportunity to give him, get himself open, right? He's a smaller guy. And you see him do the dream shake, and he's doing everything he can. But about three times tonight, he went down. He maneuvered inside the interior. Couldn't get an open shot, so he passed out. And guess what? When that happens, that's three in the key. If you count it, he had about four or five in the key. And then, and so Monty needs to go to the officiating crew at the start of Game 5, which we know will be the Scott Foster game. Like, we know it's coming. And he, he's got to go and, like, watch this because that's how he scores. He's a guy who likes yeah. to attack the interior, and if it's not there, he passes out, but he stay- he stays down there. So when a rebound happens, because if he dishes it out and then they pass it twice and the guy shoots a three and they miss it, DA will try to go for the rebound, and just just because Jalen Brunson's down there and he's very managed and Ginobili esque he'll just fall over and hope yeah. for a foul call, yeah. and he'll get it. Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. And Mario Lopez did point out, uh, oh, my bad, did you choose that one?
0: I chose this one. Oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead with that one. Then. Just real quick, a shout-out to Gaknar123 for $4.99. And the Super Chat he says, the Mavs won two at home. We won two at home. Guess what? The Mavs still have to win in Phoenix. I'm not worried until that happens. Home court is pivotal. I agree there. but And mm-hmm. the, the frustrating thing with this series is the fact that seeing the Suns play like they did tonight, without the ability to make any adjustments, it's not championship level basketball and that's the aspirations for this season all right what's mario lopez say
1: (laughs) oh mario lopez so he says the others watch more than him meeting da and yeah the Suns, the other players are watching a lot out there there's a lot of watching when it comes to rebound the ball and that's one thing that just really needs to shore up but um yeah it's funny because even the Suns do win this series like i'm not if the Suns win the next games they blow them out yeah
0: it's nice you're feeling confident of course
1: i guess so but like Still, like, this is stuff that's kind of haunted us even like to- last series. Like, the rebounding, if it's not against a Mavericks team, come on. And I, I know the Warriors or the Memphis Grizzlies can't deal with Aiden, but I don't even know what to believe anymore. I don't know how much lies are going into this team. Like, I feel like they just lied to me all season long.
0: <laughs> well, again, playoff basketball is a different level of basketball, and the physicality increases. And when you're have a when you a team that doesn't thrive off of physicality, you're going to mm-hmm. be challenged. We saw it in the New Orleans Pelicans series. You, Jason Kidd stated it before the series moved to Dallas that this would be more physical. His team is playing more physical. The Suns aren't adapting to it. They're, they're, yeah. they're getting pushed around. And, you know, unfortunately some of the officiating is kind of allowing them to do so. Uh, one bright spot I did want to bring up was this guy. She yeah, oh thought Bismack Biyombo and his four minutes and 50 seconds that he played tonight played some really good defense on Luka Doncic. He's, he was the highest plus minus on our team. He had a plus seven in that fourth quarter when he had to come in and because JaVale McGee was playing like ass too. And he, I actually thought, I'm like, I'm like, wow, Luka Doncic is getting every possession. He's asking for Bismack Biombo to be switched on him. And Bismack held his own ground. I wish the rest of the team could say the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's those guys like Bismack and Aaron Holiday when they come off, they're like about time I get some. Like I'm sitting over here on the bench, I'm walking, the- watching these guys, not give the effort that I can out there. And he comes and he does a decent job, and that's why I liked him as a replacement for um Juice uh Jalen Craig. Oh my God! I just... oh, wow. Tory Craig. Oh my Jalen Craig. I was thinking of Jalen Smith. hopefully Who remembers that? uh yeah. Torrey Craig, whenever he, well, he's a replacement now cause Torrey Craig's hurt, but I liked him even last series when he can actually play the perimeter. He does a decent job. He's a bigger guy. He'll go for the scrap. Like he'll get down on the floor, right? For something that, you know, for maybe a, a play that doesn't matter, but I feel like in the playoffs, every play that matters. So he'll put his body in line for a lot of things. Defensively, he's, he's there on the perimeter, but even offensively, he kind of just knows what to do. What knows what to do when he's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the fact that they can play him, but they need to do it more. I mean, the adjustments you're talking about, and I know Aaron Holliday is always a, the talk of, like, can we get more of him? Yes, because these guys give you that energy. Like, that's all the Suns need. They just need that fight from somebody else. They can't have a guy like Shaman or Payne out there that don't know whether or not, like, they're – if they're late on their period or something you know what i mean from last week like if they're worried about something out there or they're just thinking about other things in basketball because that's the way they look they look like they are worried about something else and they're thinking about too much about the game and themselves that they're just not in the game they're not they're not you know okay there was one good layup by Cameron Payne, but other than that nothing confidence comes from these two guys that you have to give minutes to it's like just don't give them freaking minutes
0: Yeah, campaign again. Sixteen minutes, one of five from the field, zero of two from beyond the arc. Two total points. He did have five assists. His playmaking was better. Uh, He had to play more minutes tonight because of Chris Paul. And I honestly thought with Chris Paul in foul trouble, we might see some Aaron Holiday, and I was all for it because in a game where you're getting your ass kicked, like I, I see everybody in the chat, and I understand where you're coming from. You know, more Bismack, more Holiday. Like, of course, that sounds good in theory. But imagine it's game five. Monty makes that adjustment where all of a sudden campaigns minutes are diminished and Aaron holiday goes out there and we lose the game. Then you're just like, well, what the fuck? You know, this would have been a great game to get a little bit more holiday. In my opinion, this would have been a great opportunity to have him out there uh, matching Jalen Brunson, matching his physicality. Because again, you know, one thing that Jalen Brunson does, and I'm going to continue to harp on Jalen Brunson because he annoys the living shit out of me. Uh, because he reminds me of managing nobly is when he drives in, he throws his elbows into the defender, but because all the defenders are taller than him, those are just hitting them in the chest. You know, he did it to Devin Booker and Booker got called for a foul, but if Devin Booker did that to him. He would fall over. He, you know, he'd fly 20 feet. He'd have that look on his face. Like he's crying, you know, and like somebody just stole his, uh, his toy on in the sandbox. But if you bring in Aaron holiday and he starts throwing those elbows, those are right in the, the chin area of, of Aaron holiday. And it's, it's a little bit more fair, if you will. So, I don't think that's an adjustment that we'll see going forth in game five because it is a pivotal game five. But I feel like tonight would have been a good opportunity to see a little bit more holiday.
1: Yeah, that's it's too bad, um, because we definitely need it. And uh, I don't those little the hit that Booker had to Brunson. Brunson just always has his head right there, right? The the support that Booker was looking for on that little push off, it's mm-hmm. something that he always does, and he hits yeah. him in the face. And then the one shot where he shoots the ball comes down. And it was it Bertans or Max, Maxi he hits in the head, yeah, or whatever. And he was, "What well, was that? A flagrant or something too?" Like they that one it, was insane. Like yeah, that was it was Dwight Powell. Through. It was yeah, a follow through, Powell. and that was, was a, a flagrant through. foul. That's that's where it becomes one of those things where like, can I just turn this off and celebrate my yes. own Mother's well, Day? He, like...
0: here's, here's how you know that this game is totally fucked, okay? I, I, I've i got it perfectly. I never, ever agree with Skip Bayless. Okay? Oh, okay? they are
1: paid off, dude. So this,
0: But, but yeah. this is what Skip Bayless tweeted out, and the fact that I mildly agree with this is like it concerns me. Like I really just need to call my mother on this Mother's Day and tell her how much I love her because I don't know who I've become. But he <laughs> tweeted out during the game, said the refs have lost control of Suns-Mavs because they, are, they no longer have any idea what is a foul or a tech or a flagrant one or two. Booker follow through on a jumper, flagrant. Booker whacked in the head on a drive, no flagrant. CP four fouls at half, first time ever. And then he just said, joke. And I agree with that because the flagrant on Booker was unbelievable. It, it wasn't a flagrant. I think they called it a technical foul. That was a technical foul. Wasn't a flagrant. Mm-hmm. It was a technical. His follow through. Okay, <laughs> he followed through on a shot. He pump faked the guy in the air. The Is that what happened? Up. He yeah. He pump faked <laughs> oh Dwight Powell. He jumped up. He shot the ball. And when he when he fell through, when the guy hit him, it's like it's a foul on Dwight Powell because of the contact he created on Devin Booker. Yeah, it's a flagrant on Devin Booker because it's somewhere around the head or something. It just didn't make any sense. And that was my frustration. I know that. That is the frustration of the majority of Suns fans was the fact that there was just kind of some inconsistency when it came to the physicality in this game. Uh, Devin Booker goes around Luka Doncic, but Luka Doncic, because he's beat, grabs his face and falls down. It's a foul on Devin Booker. That's all yeah. this team did is they bobbed their heads back, very James Harden-esque. And as anybody who's ever listened to the show knows, I can't stand that type of basketball because it's just... I don't care if you're good at it and it's an art to get the call and all that crap. It's just not fun basketball. And that's literally what that entire team was doing the entire game. You know, there was that one play where Jay Crowder fouled Luka Doncic on a rebound and he comes down and he hits him in the arm down here and he, and he comes across his arms and he holds his arm down. And Luka's throwing his head back. Like he got hit in the fucking face because he wants them to take a look at it. It's like, for example, that Jalen Brunson play, when, when Devin Booker was trying to go around him to, to Devin Booker's left, and he caught him a little bit in the face, and then he flew his thing back, and they reviewed it for a flagrant. and It wasn't a flagrant. They need to call a foul on the opposition for that. That's the whole Manu Ginobili thing. Manu Ginobili was such a big flopper that they were going to start to call fouls on or, or, or start to find players after the game because of their flopping. And Dallas was flopping all over the place tonight. Uh, Shannon Sharp, another from the Skip and Shannon Show, He says, Luka Doncic is flipping around like a fish out there tonight, or flopping around like a fish out there tonight. That was their strategy going into this game. It's like, play physical and accentuate any any chance that the Suns are trying to play physical. If they push you, fly. If they touch you remotely in the face, act like you've been shot with a revolver in the chin. If they look at you cross-eyed, cry. And that's what happened for two consecutive games, and it was just bad. Because again, like you said, Matthew, you look at the total fouls, and it is pretty even but what those fouls were were strategically placed by the Mavericks to be momentum killers for the Phoenix Suns and that will again that's what makes watching this sport unbelievably frustrating at times
1: yeah and you trust um you know Adam Silver to actually do something in the off season, but no, I, don't, don't. I, don't, I don't know what you can do he tried something last last off season and nothing really changed and when you're watching these games that are very very important there's there's foul calls even like last game with Luca got 5 fouls like those calls were bullshit, too. So I don't yeah. know if those, these Chris Paul ones were makeup, but you know they do the makeup shit. So I I feel like what we need to do is just, you know, everyone vote for who you want to be a referee in the NBA. Just somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. Throw them on the court to see how they do, even if they never watched basketball before. And just let them blow the whistle because there's nothing worse than what we can that we can have out there than what we're seeing right now. There's nothing worse.
0: And there's just no accountability. And that's the biggest thing is they'll, they'll go back afterwards. And be like, oh yeah, we fucked like, like uh, you look at the game two of the Western conference semifinals between the Dallas or I'm sorry, the, uh, the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. And on kind of like the winning layup by John Moran, we've seen this up close and personal because it happened to us. He carried the ball and you watch it. He travels and carries on the same play. And the next day, the legal be like, oh, yeah, uh, that was a carry and a travel. Oops. Like, there's no accountability. It should be, okay, the guys who work that game, they're not working another game because when they work games, they get paid. And you know what? A way to hurt somebody is to take money from them, okay, and be like, listen, you guys are not going to get you, – you, that's bad officiating. In the last moments of a game, when it matters, you're making the wrong calls. Guess what? You're not working another playoff game. We're going to bring in somebody else. Just yeah. no accountability. And technology
1: is so good to where you can seriously have the play happening, and someone just watch it, yeah, and say foul or not. That's it. Have someone but even zap Steve him on Jabby the got
0: that wrong tonight when Chris Paul got run over by Jalen Brunson. He's like, "Yep, that's a foul." Because Chris like, Paul didn't not. stop.
1: He's talking about like if a, if Chris Paul were to stop and then draw the contact, that's yeah. an offensive foul. Chris Paul was continuing to move. All right, and yeah. Brunson, yeah, he didn't have time to move, but and he jumped over him. They didn't even touch each other hardly. It should have been just a non-call. It's just a non-call. Carry on. Chris Paul still had the ball.
0: Just drives me crazy. The inconsistency Mm. is just bullshit. The Sun's Jam Session. Subreddit stakeout. All right, so there I was. (laughs) Oh, that is. Oh,
1: Darth Vader. Hold on. (laughs)
0: There we go. That looks better. Looks a lot better. There we go. I tried it with the hat. It didn't work. There you go. Darth Voida here. Subreddit <laughs> stakeout. I was hanging out on the subreddit for the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Uh, not not a fun place to be, obviously, if you're a Suns fan, because they're just doting all over all of their three point shooters who were just unbelievably accurate and uh dominating the Suns. But here are some of the here's some of the highlights. The first thing. The the moderators for the Mavericks subreddit actually put out a post and they said uh, they put out a statement saying that if you go into their friend their threads and talk shit, you'll be banned. They recognize that many Suns fans are showing up and talking shit in the, the those threads. Right. Because we do the subreddit stakeouts, So, yeah, yeah, it's awesome if you're doing that and you're doing it because we told you because I love that. But here's what I'll tell you. Here's what you do. You don't talk any shit when you go into those subreddits, okay? What you need to do is just downvote anything. Like, if they're like, Jay Crowder's a bitch, just downvote it. And if we all downvote it, it drives them even crazier, right? You're not talking shit. It's not trackable. They can't sit there. The moderators can't sit there and be like, oh, Matthew Lissy said, fuck the Mavs for that play. I'm going to kick him out. So if you just go in there and downvote their things, it's kind of like, let's say you have somebody who's riding your ass and you're on the freeway, right? Instead of brake checking the guy, you just let your foot off the gas. So your brake lights don't hit, but you just start slowing down. It's like this subtle fuck you move when you're driving. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing if any of you are going into <laughs> the, the Mavs subreddit. Just hit downvote on anything that's like okay. anti suns So <laughs> there you go. Um, cool, so Luka Doncic, it's funny because they, they were talking so much shit about Luka Doncic, especially in that third quarter, right? I mean, he went one for 10 from beyond the arc, I think, in the game. And as you mentioned, Matthew, if he just continued to feed his teammates, they were so hot, they would have won the game by 40, right? Yeah. So one of the comments that a Redditor had on the Mavs uh, subreddit was two words to describe Luca: mental midget. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, this guy, his name is K L B. That's M-O-R-D-R-E-D-K-L-B. I put that out there because he says I don't wish injuries on players, but fuck Jay Crowder, fuck you guy <laughs> for saying that. Okay, well no, no one wants uh, want, wants an injury to happen, but don't say fuck him in the same. And thing. it
1: did happen, It did happen.
0: Yeah, so screw that guy. Uh, Latvian laser was is the term that they utilize for um, Davis Bertans, who again went four for six from beyond the arc, but he hit his first four. All of those, I think, in the first quarter. It's what it felt like. He hit two in the first quarter mm-hmm. and. And uh two in the second quarter. So in the first half, he was just killing us. So annoying. Um Maxi is honestly a handsome motherfucker. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah, even play? with the black guy, huh? Yeah,
1: where did he get that black yeah. guy? I feel like didn't he get hit one of the, the last two games? I thought he actually got hit pretty like in the, with an elbow, or was that a different game?
0: He must have because all of a sudden I saw team. him. I'm like, damn, what the I remember someone got elbowed
1: in the eye. I don't know.
0: Okay. CP three is checked out. Doesn't seem like he cares anymore. You know, I, I can see how that can be the perception, but I'll say this when CP three looks the way that he did, you could tell he was just fuming. He was so yeah. pissed in this game. Yeah. You know, I mean th- the way that they were calling him was just unbelievable. And again, I'm okay. If you're going to call that ticky tacky bullshit, just call it both ways, man. Cause Luca was doing that shit the whole time. It drives me crazy. And the last thing I wanted to say was bro, you can't call that as a six foul to a star in the NBA playoffs if we fucking lose this game uh, when we have been gifted calls because we've been gifted calls all game. So even they knew it, the Mavericks, they, they knew they were getting the benefit of the whistle in this game. They knew that a lot of the whistles came at an opportune time when the Phoenix Suns cut it to six. And then all of a sudden here comes three fouls and then, you know, two threes. And the next thing you know, it's uh it's just the way it is. And, and you know, you got Charles pinster in here. CP three is the King flopper. I'll tell you this. Yep. If you think that, then you must not watch Luka Doncic because he literally every he makes a wide open layup and he's looking to the referees for a call. And I, I I'll say it. I've been a CP three. I, I didn't like him until he showed up to Phoenix. That's a fact. And I understand why the perception of him is he's a master flopper, but what he does is he strategically puts himself in places To where he takes advantage of the opposition versus every time anybody touches him, he does a head bob like he's got whiplash like he's in a car accident and then turns and starts to cry to the referees. Now, one thing that I said at halftime during our Twitter space was the difference between the Phoenix Suns. And we've said this before and I'll say it again. The difference between the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks is the way in which they complain about fouls. The Dallas Mavericks look to the referees and then it looks like they've been punched or, like I said earlier, had a toy stolen from them. They look like they're about to cry. They're like, but what? You? It's the Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan was more like, what? They're just like, but he hit me. I mean, look at look look at Luca. But he hit me. Jalen Brunson, oh, he's got like this. Saying, look at you. <laughs> yeah, look at your helmet on. Sad, crying face. Whereas when the Phoenix Suns get hit or they're trying to draw a foul, they don't get a call. Mm-hmm. They uh, they instead of saying I got hurt they go he fucking hurt me, that's the difference. I got hurt he fucking hurt me, mm-hmm. and the, the way the Phoenix Suns do it is a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more asshole-ish, and therefore, in my opinion, they don't get the calls because of it.
1: Yeah, and you know when you're looking at Luca doing that, it, it's just weird to see grown men that play this game, and we we see it from all players all over the league where a- after every play, everyone's looking at the ref. I just I don't know how much further I can go with this game. I'm serious. Like I just don't know how much I can watch of this where after every call after everything that's happening, even if there's no call, it's like every player is looking at the fucking ref for a call. It's just something that I'm just so sick and see, sick of seeing. And tonight though the Suns seemed like they didn't care. The Suns seemed like maybe since the second quarter that they knew this game was just going to be one of those fucking screwy games. And they could do nothing about it because Booker didn't get into it, right? Booker didn't seem so hot-headed. Chris Paul kept his mouth shut. Yeah, Chris, they both just knew, like, all right, those calls that we were getting against Luka last game, now we're getting those. This is just one of those games. It's not a wash, but it just seems like one of those that we're just not going to get. And that's the kind of look that I saw in Chris Paul. And his eyes were just like, this isn't a win. We just have to take this loss again, and we have to win two in a row.
0: Yep, no, I I completely agree. They Devin Booker could have fought on multiple occasions, and he just laughed.
1: I wanted him to go punch somebody, a especially B2. that one at the end of the half, right before the half, like where he got the ball and Luca came up and just took it from him, and like fouled him. am yeah. like I was like, "Where? That's a foul!" Because Chris Paul got called for his fourth foul. Yeah, right before that, going up for the rebound, he yeah. didn't even touch and, Luka. and then
0: and then Devin Booker's going to try to catch an inbound pass from Jay Crowder. And Luka Doncic take, takes him out like a pass interference call, and it's nothing. I was waiting for a cheap shot from Booker behind. Yeah, like, I was are running, hit him double. in his vagina. And he <laughs> has no balls. All this
1: anger we haven't had this really the whole season long. That's why these podcasts are kind of nice because we let all this negativity out. It actually feels kind of good.
0: Yeah, well, that's the Suns therapy session. The Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. And we appreciate you Jamsters for hanging out with us. And, you know, cause again, that's, it, it's a challenge that both Matthew and I have is we're passionate. We give a shit about this team and we have to go live, right? Right after a, yeah. a game like this and try to make sense of it all and try to articulate our thoughts. And uh, like you said, we probably haven't had this kind of energy all, uh, all season long. You know, I mean, there's been some losses and, you know, this is just a frustrating way to lose. I feel like whenever we play at twelve thirty on a Sunday, you and I come on here and we're talking about losses. I don't like that either, and it just—it just makes me mad. Me too. I'm really, really frustrated. So, I guess we'll dish out an award today. I guess uh, somebody somewhere had to earn it. Jam Star of the Game right jamsters. let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is subscribe rate review and if you're listening on apple podcasts give us five stars write a review we'll read it right here on the show uh, in front of all of your fellow jamsters to to see uh matthew who are you giving the jam star of the game to jay crowder okay oh okay you know what he didn't get a drop Mm -hmm. and i think that he definitely uh he earned this one today it's jay crowder Talk to Booker. me. Talk to me or, about Jake Crowder.
1: <laughs> no, I just I think yeah, he hit some
0: really good threes. Uh, it,
1: I thought he had three. I guess he only had two tonight. He only I had two? He had,
0: no, he. Had, I thought he had like four.
1: Am I looking at the right box score?
0: Yeah, he was two for seven.
1: Wow. No way. I thought he hit like four threes. I, I in thought a row, he did too. He free, hit, that's. I was watching the overhead camera thing where I think that his feet were on the line. God damn it. All right, so I take it back. I'm going to give it to Booker. I think Booker getting to the line was pretty awesome. Him actually working the refs on that, where he was getting the calls, going to the lane, and he kept driving, hamstring and all. doesn't matter. Like, I like that. Of course, he was doing a little bit too much because he had no choice. I still feel like yeah. he can't trust those other guys in certain situations where they're just not going to hit the big three, that they're not going to make the right play. So he has to do a lot out there. He was getting to the rim, and he was getting to the line. And that's the most I've seen him get to the line in a long time. So that was nice. I thought that's really what kept us in the game. But it still obviously wasn't enough, and it wasn't going to be enough because mm-hmm. that's not the thing the Suns do, right, is get to the line. So the fact that he actually had 13 attempts – That's awesome. So I'm going to give him the Jam
0: Star. Big Dick Booker. Yeah, I'll agree with you, Matthew. The lone bright spot for the Phoenix Suns tonight was Devin Booker. He had 35 points, he had seven assists, he had uh, four total rebounds, 10 of 22 from the field, 12 of 13 from the line, Uh, five turnovers again, turned over the ball much, you know, too much. Uh, They're blitzing him, and I feel like he's doing the best he can to navigate those blitzes but they definitely needed him to step up he did just no one stepped up with him really i mean jay crowder once again is your second leading scorer with 15 points da had uh 14 and then cp3 and mikhail bridges combined for five for 13 from the field and 11 total points so uh cam johnson you know he had 11 points on four to 10 from the field and three or seven from deep. I feel like he's starting to get a little bit more of his rhythm back, which is definitely a plus knowing that we're coming back to Phoenix for game five. And typically that is where your role players will shine because when they hit those threes, the place goes wild. So looking at game five, what adjustments need to be made by the Phoenix Suns If they want to go up three to two in this series.
1: Uh, the biggest thing for me is just the guy that doesn't like to be called the big man, but Deandre Ayton, he needs to be the guy in the next two games to win this for us. I know we can have the help of, Chris Paul time If Chris Paul can come in and make 14 out of 14 again. Yeah, of course we're going to win that game, but Deandre Aiden just has to be a factor. And I love the fact we do these pods and people in the chat are still like, you know, like he, he had those, yeah, the six offensive rebounds and stuff. I'm telling you, man, there's just something we're not seeing out there. The effort is just still not there. We just need him to be there and he needs to play the 40 minutes, 42 minutes to get these wins because we just need him to be that threat underneath. He can be, and he doesn't have to be in foul trouble doing it. We've learned in the past, man, Mm -hmm. that he can have these big games where on the boards, the efforts there, and he doesn't foul. Like he knows how to play that way. So we need that to win no matter how good Booker and Chris Paul play. We need Deandre to be the man to win these series. And, it has to show, and I'm not saying 30 and 15. I'm just saying the effort to give your son's team, your son's a chance to win, even if it's a little tip, a little tip, your little tip on the ball to get that extra offensive rebound to someone else or the defensive rebound to someone else. That's what we need from DA.
0: I just think the the main adjustment we need going into Game Five is just perimeter defense, because you know, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, seriously, you know, I mean, and yeah. you know, this team's going to jack up threes, but if you are if you're playing good perimeter defense and you're trying to make them beat you at twos, I feel like that's a better strategy than letting them just shoot wide open threes all day. You know that this will be my next piece for bright side of the Dot uh, com is just defending that three point line. Not like I I'm very interested to see what the statistics are when it comes to the wide open shots, because I mm-hmm. guarantee you of the like four, how, how many threes did they end up shooting in this game? They shot 44 threes. I bet you on those attempts, Probably about 25 of them were just wide the fuck open and the other ones would be considered open. you know so that's a defender not within six feet of you. I guarantee you that's the main adjustment for me. you know now granted, what you're gonna give up a little bit on that is the rebounding uh, if you are so focused on the perimeter and but you look in this game like the suns won the rebounding war. 44 to 37. they won the offensive rebounding war 12 to 10. They won the second chance points war. 16 to 15, you know, and then fast break. It was tied six to six. So you just you can't let them you can't let them get hot from three like they did tonight. Again, it's an aberration. But note that the Mavericks made like 22 threes against the Jazz in one of their playoff games. And I think they made 20 in another. So it's the same thing. Like that's where they want to live. They want to score that many points and know that if you're if you are defending the perimeter that way, and they're missing those shots. It doesn't equal big rebounds. So just when you defend the perimeter, just don't let them chase the rebounds, and you're good. So we'll see. You know, a lot, a lot to to uh, to absorb. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my mother, the real MVP. She's a beautiful woman. Happy Mother's Day to my wife as well. Uh, the two best women I know. I'm sad that you. I know you guys don't give a shit that the Suns lost today, but I'm sorry. I'll be in a bad mood for the rest of the day. Uh, on mother's day because i'm just (laughs) fucking pissed i'm so pissed the fucking sons uh but we'll be coming to you live again after game number five that is on tuesday i believe it's a seven o'clock start so you know what to do sons fans subscribe rate review follow me on twitter at darth voida follow matthew on twitter i'm matthew lissy and we'll see you on uh tuesday night and just a quick reminder fuck igor Kukoshkov.
1: and yeah (laughs) I agree, and everyone go home and love your mothers.